Welcome to Coffee Talk with Liquid Shano 1973, an inspirational podcast about the ups and downs of life and everything in between. Here's your host, Shane Lakita. Okay, guys, welcome back to another episode. This episode here is a pretty good one. It's a reflective one for me. I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story of why it's reflective and then really get into the overall feel of what this podcast is all about. If any of you don't know or you're brand new and I've just met you on Clubhouse or TikTok or whatever else, this podcast is all about positivity. It's all about doing the best that you can do, being the best version of yourself, and really leaning in on all the different things that we have at our disposal to make sure that we're going to continue moving forward and be great, amazing influences on ourselves. Now, you wouldn't think that you have to be an influence on yourself because you think you're wired that way, but we do. Sometimes we have to talk ourselves into it. Sometimes we have to wrap our heads around how we can be the best version of ourselves, and then we have to execute it and hold ourselves accountable towards being that person that we're meant to be. So this podcast kind of helps with that aspect of it because it's something I'm working on every single day. I work on it every single day. I sit back and I try to tell myself, how can I make a positive impact on something? How can I be a positive influence on a person? What can I do to be able to continue to be my best version of me every day? And it it takes conversations and it takes focus and energy for me to be able to do that every single day. And this podcast is part of that. So I'm glad you're here and I'm glad that you're listening to me here on this podcast and the other thing is, is if you know anybody that, that needs something like this in their life, if you know somebody that needs a little bit of positivity, a little bit of push in the right direction, a little bit of accountability, and something to be able to listen to, and they like listening to podcasts, hopefully I deliver a product that delivers on that aspect of it. So share it with them. Share it with them on Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, anywhere else you want to be able to share it on. Do me a favor, share it out there and get the word out there that I'm trying to be able to continue to move forward and the more listens and the more follows and the more different things that we have in this social media world, we can work together and be able to make that happen. So, okay, so here's what we're going to do, right? So here's the story. The reflective part of it is, as many of you know who are on my social media platforms with me, as many of you know, my grandmother uh, of 96 years old passed away this morning at 3.30 a.m., now, this w- this was expected. We we had seen her health start to really decline as as she aged over the last year or so, where she lost a limb and the circulation was really bad. And you know, over the last week or so, we saw started to see some of that overall feel of where we were at when you're 96 or 97 years old and your body starts to break down and you kind of go down that road. And so, it's been a very reflective day for me, but it's been a day that has been almost at peace and at calm with myself. I'm I'm literally sitting back and I think to myself. So, if if many of you have been part of the podcast for a while, you know that I've suffered some loss over the last couple of years. One was my dad just about a year and a half ago, and then my grandfather was soon before that. My grandfather, who is my grandmother's on this side of the family's husband or or yeah, her her husband of many, many years, and he passed away right around 97 as as well. So longevity is a really, really good thing, but it also can be a lonely thing. So when he passed, my grandmother was by herself, and you know she was trying to be able to get through whatever she had to get through. And then my dad passed, and then it really got lonely, right? So now she has a son and another daughter, but it was just kind of just a lonely experience without the love of her life and everything like that. So 
the reason I was feeling comforted is because, okay, here we are. One of the biggest things that we did as a family was is we would sit down and we would play cribbage. And every time that we would go up to my grandfather's house, I would play with my grandfather. I'd play with my dad. My dad would play with my grandfather, play with me. And we'd have these cribbage tournaments. And one of the biggest running jokes was always that my grandmother and my grandfather has play, have played cribbage for years and years and years and years. Like they almost have like this all time record and they had this notebook that was on there and they tried to keep record of wins and losses across the board for years and years and years. And after multiple years of keeping track of it, it ended up being the fact that it had just been a tie the whole entire time. Wins and losses were pretty much even in the column. It's just kind of how it went. They're both very good at cribbage. So one of the biggest things that we always tried to do was is beat my grandfather in cribbage. And my grandmother had this uncanny ability of being able to do so. And she was really good at it. Well, when he passed, of course, that's gone, right? And it, we, we tried to be able to continue to move it forward. But, you know, as her age, as she aged, it kind of lost that that whole sight of it and everything else. So now the reason I feel comforted is to know the, the fact that my grandfather and my grandmother are now upstairs pretty much playing cribbage with each other. And my dad is there playing the accordion and piano and giving them a ration of, you know, crap all the time. And they're, bo- they're all talking trash to each other and they're having a party. And it's amazing. So that's my comfort level. But the reflection point is you almost have to think to yourself, okay, so in the last four years, I've had multiple people die in my family, pass away, move on to different pastures, including my sister-in-law and everybody else. And I have all these different things and these thoughts that go through my mind. So when you first hear about loss, you start to then think about the victim mentality. You start to think to yourself, man, you know what? Can I get another one? I mean, seriously, all, all these things keep coming at me and keep coming at me and keep coming at me. And I, and I had this reflective moment where I sat back and I said to myself, and like, when is my breaking point? When is a point that I'm going to get to that's literally like I just feel like it just keeps on coming in waves? Now, the reason I'm sharing it with you is because is I know that every single one of you that is out there right now listening to me on your headphones or on your speakers or in your car or wherever you're listening to me, you've all been through that exact same question and answer session with yourself. You've had to ask yourself, When is my breaking point? Seriously, can there be another thing that's thrown my way? Can there be another item that's literally thrown at my face that I have to overcome and literally another thing that I have to have an adverse situation that I have to learn to live with or have to get through or do whatever I have to do to continue to move forward and be a positive influence in my life, but it just keeps on coming over and over in waves and waves and waves. Now, mind you, these are all separated in between, and my grandfather was 97 years old, and my grandmother was 97 as well, but it just got got me really thinking, and the question that I was thinking of was, is for each of you, what's your breaking point? What's the point that you have to go to that you're going to continue to do the same exact things over and over and over again without ever changing the course or pattern of where you're at? I had a friend of mine that I talked to just today about it after my grandmother had passed, and we had a conversation, and I, I, I talked to him a little bit about it. And what he had said was, is that because we were, we were having very similar dialogue and I asked him, I said, so what, you know, where are you at with the point of feeling like this just keeps on coming at you? And he said, you know what, in, in the grand scheme of things, I live a good life, but when things start coming at me in waves, when things start coming at me and they start beating me over the head and I literally feel like it's just coming at me, when do I get to a point when I have to change things up? With that, when we talk about the breaking point and when we're at with trying to be able to just get through it and be able to do the things that we have to do, when do we get to a point when we actually start to make changes in our life to be able to make things better or change the narrative or change the course or path of the things that are happening? 
what he was sharing was is that his family members, a bunch of his family members, all suffered from the same exact things. So it was diabetes. It was overweight. It was all these different things that they had suffered from, and they all passed away from complications when it came to being obese and overweight. So so some were just from the whole, whole diabetic shock of everything. Some people were just because it was just obese and overweight in general, so high blood pressure, all these different items. And what he had said was is that outside of everything – it kept coming at him, but his family continues to do the same thing over and over and over again. And they don't learn their lessons. And they don't take whatever note that was it just happened where the, their loved one was just lost because of whatever reason and really put their a change in their life towards moving things forward and embracing everything that's around them and making sure that they don't go down the same path of obesity, overweight, and all those things. And what he was saying was is that my breaking point is never going to come because I don't feel like I'm ever going to break. I feel like I can continue to move forward. But what's your changing point should be the real question that you should ask yourself. Instead of what's your breaking point, it should be what's your changing point. And this really got me digging in and thinking, not just about death and about people passing and loved ones we lost and anything like that. What this really got me thinking about was in general in life. When you are going through the motions and you're going through life in general and you're thinking to yourself, I'm going to go through it. I'm going to try to be a, I don't know, an astronaut or I'm going to try to be a fireman or I'm going to try to be whatever it is. And you're trying to be able to drive towards it and things aren't working. Things just keep on, you keep on hitting the same wall over and over again. You hit the same barriers that get in your way over and over and over again. When does it get to the point where you have to actually make a change to be able to move things forward outside of just being stubborn and lazy and continuing to move forward? And it's a really, really deep question because I don't think that any of us really know when that time is. When do we make a change for the better or make a change holistically overall? If you're, if you're going down the path of doing, okay, so let's just say, for instance, I'm a kid. I'm a little kid. And I go up to the stove and the stove and the burner's on. And I walk up to it and, you know, mom and dad are cooking. I'm doing whatever. And I put my finger on the burner and I burn my finger. Now I'm crying my eyes out. I'm, you know, I'm flailing, I'm bawling all over the place and I'm just literally having the worst time of all. And my dad or mom is sitting there going, listen, you got to toughen up kid. You shouldn't be touching that. Shouldn't be doing that anyway. But you know what? We're going to put a bandaid on it, a little bacitration, do whatever you got to do. You should learn your lesson. Did you learn your lesson? Yes, dad. Yes, mom. Okay, good. Awesome. Great. Two weeks later, mom and dad are cooking on the stove again and I walk up to it and I say, ooh, orange light, red light, boom, burn my finger again. And they're looking at me going, is this kid an idiot? Like, seriously? What are you doing, man? You didn't learn your lesson. So we go through the same exact motions again. They teach me my lesson. They basically say to me, hey, you know, what are you doing? You shouldn't be doing that. This can really cause pain, suffering. You go to the hospital. All these different things could happen. Why aren't you learning your lesson? Go ahead and make sure you learn your lesson and move forward. So do you get it, kid? Yep, I get it. Okay, all right, great. Four or five weeks later, same exact scenario. I touch the burner again. Now, you think I would learn from my mistakes. Now, you think I would make a, that, that changing point, but there are some situations that we just don't learn from the mistakes that we made in the past or that we've done or people around us have done. And we don't change the path that we're normally taking because it's, one, the easiest path, and it might have worked for someone else. So somebody else might have had their kid walk up to the burner, burn their finger, and they walked off. They taught them the lesson, and the kid never burned their finger again. So the path has now been changed for something better. They learned their lesson. They were able to move on, and they're not continuing to go down the same road of the same bad behaviors over and over and over again. That might have worked for them, but it may not work for you. So you continually touch the burner. 
You burn your finger, you burn your hand, you do whatever you've got to do to be able to continue to move forward, forgetting about the outcome of what it feels like and the ramifications of doing it with your family right there watching. So when do you get to the point that you've got to start to change your actions? You know, I know this is a high level look at things, but overall, when you think about it, when we do the same things over and over and over and over again, and we don't get the outcome that we're looking for, when is it that you have to then say, something's got to change? Something's got to be fixed. I can't keep going down the same road that I'm going down every single day. So when do you get to that point? I mean, it, ideally, I would have that answer for you just to be able to answer right now, but we don't because each one of us are individual. We're, you know, we're all different, each one of us. I've got a different way of learning than you've got a different way of learning. I've got a different way of being able to adjust and pivot than you have a different way of adjusting and pivot, right? We're all human beings and we're all different. We're all wired differently and we're all made up of different things and we do different things and we act different ways and all these things in general. And we have to take that into consideration when you're thinking of, when am I at my changing point? When do I get to the point that I need to make some changes? So there's a couple things to this, right? A lot of times what happens is we go through the motions and we're going through all these different stages, whether it's weight loss, whether it's fitness, whether it's job-related stuff or whatever, and you're going down the motions, you're doing everything you have to do to be the best version of yourself, and you think you're on the right path, but you keep on hitting a bump in the road, same wall that you keep hitting. And you keep going back to it and you keep going back to it and you keep going back to it. Now, one of them could be your attitude could be, well, I'm going to overcome that adversity and that obstacle and I'm going to get to it, which is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But would the smarter way be, how can I get there? Maybe doing it a little differently. Maybe the approach has to be a little different. Maybe the weight loss has to be done a different way. Maybe I have to start to strategize a different way and do different things because my body's acting differently than what it did 20 years ago when I could take weight off very quickly. Or maybe I need to run a little differently. Maybe I do the couch to 5K where I can do incremental uh, amounts of running to be able to go out there and make things happen versus just running right off the bat and then hurting myself and doing whatever because as I age, my body acts a lot different. Listen, this is what I mean. We're so different than what we, even us, even us as people are were 10 years ago. I'm not the same person from 2011 to 2021. I'm completely different. I've been through different things. My body's in different shape. I do different items. I have different stress levels. I have different makeup. I have different bone structure. I have different muscle. Everything in general is different. So what we have to do is we have to start to then listen to ourselves and make adjustments and pivot accordingly. But when and what is your, change, is your changing point? Right? We asked before, what's your breaking point? When do you snap? What's your boiling point? When are you going to be at the point where you're just going to be like, I give up? But instead, what's your changing point? This is the things you have to worry about, right? So one of them is, like I just said a minute ago, is you could wait a long period of time to be able to say patience is a virtue and I can get there and I'll get there over time and I can keep on continuing to maybe fail a little bit, skin my knee and keep on moving because patience is a virtue and hard work matters, right? But the other piece to it is, why can't you be proactive in this approach? Instead of waiting for everything to fail or waiting for you to fall on your face, why can't that changing point be a little bit earlier? And you start to strategize and take a look and take inventory of all the things you're trying to accomplish and actually make adjustments before you become reactionary. Now you're being proactive and you're actually thinking about things ahead of time instead of having to get to a point of desperation and reaction and those kind of things. 
we completely do not do this enough. We may prepare for goals. We may set down things in stone and say, you know what, I've got a goal of I want to lose this amount of weight by this date. I want to run this fast as this by this time. I want to get a job promotion by this time or whatever. We may give ourselves goals and we may strap it all out and be able to say, okay, you know what, I can see where I can go with this and go with that. And we can get it all on paper and then we start to go. And as human beings, sometimes we often just put our head down and just start plugging away and start doing. And we're not necessarily reflective or adjusting or, or taking a look at things in a, from a different lens or looking at things from a bird's eye view and see what's working and what's not working and really starting to adjust and taking inventory of the path that you're taking. So if you're driving down the road and doing the things that you have to do, is it really being effective and running the way you need it to run it? Right? Is it really working? Are we taking the time to be able to really truly adjust and be able to take a look to see if that stuff is really working or not? Now, at the end of the day, when you look at everything and you and you really start to strategize and you start to be that proactive approach and you start to really take a look at how can I maybe get ahead of things before they get there, you'll notice that your goals are easily or more easily achievable because you can then strategize of how you're going to be able to react before you start to react. You can then say, what's my plan B and my plan C? And now I'm really at the point where I don't feel like it's a breaking point or a boiling point anymore. I just feel like it's another pivot stage. It's another right turn collide or a left turn collide or an adjustment that I have to make towards going down the road. And I don't feel like I'm in panic anymore. I now feel like I'm in control. Does everybody do that? No, they don't. Nine times out of 10, we sit there and we respond to things because that's what we're responding to. We react. We respond. If something happens to us, just like I was talking about the kid in the burner, literally, if you burn your fingers, you're going to snap your hand back and say, ouch, that really hurt me. Well, that's literally what we end up doing in life. And we end up start going down the same exact path over and over again. How many of you are actually learning or how many of you have actually gotten through situations that you look back on, whether they're failures or successful ones, and you say to yourself, why did I keep doing the same exact thing over and over again? Why did I keep treating relationships the same way that I've always treated relationships? Why did I let them have all the control and me not be able to feel good about myself? Why do I continue to do the same exact patterns over and over and over again? Because it feels like that's just what I need to do. Right? I know you've all been there because I've been there so many times. I've been there so many times that it's, it, I, I can't even count them on two hands because that's how we're wired. Maybe it's based on something that somebody told you one time. Maybe they said to you, hey, Shane, you know what? When you're going down the road, try this pattern. Try A and B, and I want you to do this and that and the other because it's worked for me. And so I got it stuck in my head that that's the direction I'm going to go in. I've had conversations with my wife about this. It's funny. We had an argument the other day because I had my mind set on something. My mind set on doing a certain thing a certain way, and that's the way it was going to be. And I was going to go down that road of doing that. And then when some curveball is thrown at me where they say, nope, you're good. it's going to happen this way or we're going to do it this way, my whole world is thrown off. And I'm literally wanting to throw my hands up and I'm, in, I'm, I'm, I'm pitching a fit and I'm being stupid and I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm like a little 10-year-old because I'm looking around going, well, it's not the way that I wanted it to be. Instead of stopping, adjusting, and pivoting. Instead of looking around to say, maybe there's a better way. Maybe there's a more productive way. Maybe there's a more effective way. Instead of changing the path of what's happening before I have to be forced to change the path of what's happening 
or before I hit my head up against the wall over and over and over. We're all wired this way. And I'm sure that every one of you that's on this podcast right now listening can relate to this. How many times have you gone down the road of something that worked back when you were in the 20s for weight loss? And you go down the road, maybe you put on some COVID pounds, maybe you put on some stuff, and you're sitting there saying to yourself, if I continue to do that because I know that that path works, it's going to work again. So you start doing it, and you're about three weeks into it, and you're like, man, I'm not losing any weight. I keep on hitting my head up against the wall. I'm literally doing the exact same thing that I was doing before, not realizing that your body's changed, your age has changed, your metabolism has changed, everything's upside down, and you're not really listening and adjusting and pivoting the way you need to ahead of time to give yourself the success that you need or really truly adjusting some of the intake of some of the calories or fat content or whatever else that's there. How many times have you been down this road and you keep on going down the road until you get to the point, like I said earlier, that you're at a breaking point or a boiling point and then you give up on it all. And then now you're doing, next thing you know, you're putting on 25 pounds because you're so pissed off and struggling that you're like, I just don't know where I'm at anymore. And now you're sitting as a pool of just this big blob and you're looking at yourself going, where am I? What am I doing? Right? How many times have you done that? Because I've done it a thousand times. And it's frustrating because I know when I'm doing it, I know exactly what I'm doing. When I'm looking at myself and I'm saying to myself, hey, self, you shouldn't do it that way because you know what? It isn't working. So the scale's not changing. Your body shape's not changing. Nothing's going right this direction to do it this way. So maybe we need to make some tweaks and adjustments. Nope, I'm going to continue to do it because it worked for me once before and that's the way it's going to be. And I keep going down the road, and then I hit my head up against the wall again and again and again. How many of you can relate to that? And like I just said a minute ago, how about relationships? I have a lot of single friends, and I have a lot of married friends. And the things that they've done in the past that don't work, they still continue to do them. Thinking that it's the other person's fault when in each one of the relationships that they've been a part of, they're the ones that are actually the issue, but they don't want to look at themselves in the mirror and say, I need to make adjustments and changes because why should I have to change for somebody else? When in all actuality, by you making an adjustment and changing some finite details in the way that you respond to things, the way you communicate, the way that you reach out and the way that you discuss things and whatever else might completely change the dynamic of every relationship that you've been a part of. So instead of learning from the past and really taking, like I said before, that bird's eye view and looking down at your relationship, you're now looking at it going, they suck. All these people suck. None of them, nobody wants me anymore. Nobody, nobody's attracted to me because it's all, it's all their fault. They don't like this about me. They don't like that about me. They don't like blah, blah, blah. And we're not really looking inward to say, I need to make changes for myself ahead of time. I need to enter a relationship from a different perspective and be maybe a little bit of a more, I don't know, inviting or communicator or whatever else, whatever the issue is. How many of you have done that in the past? And I share that because I've done it a thousand times. Relationships aren't easy. So you think to yourself, okay, it's their fault. That's the barrier. I'm going to keep on going down the same road, doing the same thing, lie the same way, cheat the same way, act the same way that I'm going to act and do the same things that I'm going to do, flirt with this person, flirt with that person, suck at communications, not take anybody into consideration, not not compliment the other person and do whatever else. And next thing you know, you're wondering why you're divorced or separated or down the road because you're looking at yourself going, it's their fault. It's not mine. Now, that's not all the time, right? So I know there are some people that definitely take take uh, responsibility for those kind of things, right? 
But what I'm saying is, is that it's it's an overall hierarchy look at this thing. It's an overview of everything, right? We always respond to those things by doing the same crap that we've done all our lives in situations that don't work, but we think that it's going to either change or it'll work eventually. And we can't think that way. We have to think ahead of time. So maybe that relationship could be so much better if you just went into it going, make sure that you are communicating. Maybe put some steps and procedures in place that you can ask the question of how are you doing and how are you feeling? Are you getting everything you need from this relationship? Or maybe you ask them what they want to go to dinner or do different things, whatever, whatever it is. Whatever the dynamic of the relationship, you changing the way that you're going to do it proactively might help you in the long run to be in a better relationship, a more faithful relationship, and one that comes with value and one that comes with respect. And that's just relationships. That's just weight loss. But this could be anything. Anything. Maybe it's a weight gain uh, regimen. Maybe you're trying to be able to lift weights and you're trying to be able to be ripped. And you know what it takes to be ripped and you know what it takes to be able to do so. But you say, you know what, I'm going to continue to go down the same road that I was going before and I'm going to eat the same kind of calories and I'm going to do the same things that I'm going to go do. And why aren't I getting ripped? Why are my muscles getting bigger? Why aren't they getting defined? All I'm doing is gaining mass, but I'm not necessarily gaining any kind of structure or ripped or whatever else. And I'm not going to eat twigs to be able to do so. Well, here we go. If you tried it once before and it didn't work, but you continue to go down the same road because you're just lifting weights, doesn't matter. Maybe your body's changed. Maybe the whole dynamic of what the exercise routine that you're doing and the diet that you're eating is not working in conjunction with what you're trying to be able to accomplish. And maybe the, the, the workout regimen that you're doing is not specifically catered towards ripping or defining or anything like that to be able to do so. It's just maybe it's a, a weight lifting regimen that basically puts on mass. You guys can see where I'm coming from here. When you ask yourself what's your breaking point, when you get to the point when you're at the breaking point, you should probably then think to yourself, the next time that I go through something like this, I can be proactive and start to make decisions and changes prior to getting to the point of the breaking point or boiling point. So when they ask you, what's your breaking point, you should say, what's my changing point should be the question. Because the, the, the small little things that I can do right now to change the path, to change the dynamic, to change the thought process, to change the way that I do things ahead of time can only set me up for success in the future so that I'm not reactionary and then, then in panic mode, sitting there basically crying, going, I don't know where I'm at. I don't know how I got here. When in all actuality, all you really had to do is look at the fact that you made the same choices, the same decisions, the same bad behaviors, the same things that you did over and over and over again. You're the little kid that walked up to the burner over and over and over again and burned your fingers without learning from your past. I always try to say, don't worry about your past. I said we can learn a little bit from it, but this is one situation we can truly learn from it because we know what works and we know what doesn't work. And even if something worked before, like I said before, it may not work now, but at least you have it in your repertoire. You can look at it and be able to adjust around that piece of it to make the slight adjustments and find out more details and whatever else. I hope that that makes sense to you. So when I talk about the boiling point, I talk about being overwhelmed and everything being thrown at you and everything else. A lot of times we are self-inflicted wounds that we're doing this with, and we keep on going down the road of doing the same stuff the same way all the time. We're going to get to the point where we are going to break, and you've got to get to a point where you are being more proactive, thinking ahead, 
and trying to be able to cross them bridges before you get to them and give yourself a life raft below the bridge in case you have to jump off the bridge and float across the river below it. Plan B, plan C, and all of those are super important. All right, guys, much love to all of you. I really hope that this made some sense to you. Remember, don't get to your breaking point, get to your changing point. And if you're at your changing point, make small adjustments and small pivots to change the game before you get to the end and not be reactive, but rather proactive in the approach that you're taking, okay? We'll talk soon. See ya. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Please do us a favor and leave feedback and a five-star rating on whatever platform that you use.